and welcome back to the Book Host Squad podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Trudy. And I'm Grace. Uh, today we're going to just be talking about um, our current reads. Trudy has a lot to talk about there and also our thoughts on the Hunger Games prequel, which some of us have read and some of us haven't. So uh, to get started... One of uh, us has read. <laughs> one of us has read. One of us has read part of, and one of us has read none of. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. We've got so, that variety. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. A variety of takes. Um, but Grace, do you want to start telling us what uh, you've been reading? Sure. Um, so I, and since our last episode, like the official episode, I have read Prince Charming by Rachel Hawkins, which was, or I, I, I think I mentioned that a while ago. I finished it. It was, it was cool. It was cute. No other thoughts. Um, and then I also read The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James, I think is the author. And it was good. It was very, like, if you really like true crime or if you really like ghosts, you would like it. And I love both. So I was like, this is great. Um, it's not, it's kind of like, you think it's going to be like a murder mystery, like a who did this. And it's kind of not, but there's still like a mystery to solve. But in, and it's like not the mystery you would expect going into it. Is it going to be the focus? So it was good. I really enjoyed it. I would really recommend it. And yeah, that one's on my list. You should read it. It's very good. And it's I not like to. super scary either. It's yeah, just a little that's spooky. Good. That's what I like. And then I also read Pride by Evie's Boy, which I mentioned in our mm-hmm. last episode. And it was very good. It was a Pride and Prejudice retelling. But like it was it was different enough to where like I knew it was going to happen. But also I was like, how are they going to spin it this way in a modern context? It was very fun. Another book I'd recommend. And then yesterday, I finished My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyun Khan Bray... Brain... Brain... Wait, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It's too far away to read. Braithwaite... <laughs> some... Okay, sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry, Oyun Khan. Um, it was good. It was very short. If you're like me, it takes you like two or three days. If you're like Shruti, you'd probably like finish it in 30 minutes. But... It was good. I enjoyed it. It was very, like, the writing was really good. And, I don't know, it was good. It was very interesting as well. Not to make this about me for a second, but (laughs) just, I just want to point out that, like, I've been reading very slowly, I feel like. Like, I feel like I've, like, burnt out my, like, reading abilities, and, like, quarantine has made me read slower. Did You're the Christian the trilogy just like burn out way. your abilities and less? I think the Christian hours? trilogy like broke me because <laughs> now it's taking me like a book that would normally take me like half a day to read or like a couple hours is taking me like two days. It's weird. You're becoming this is like a, sorry, one of us. You're, yeah, I think I'm turning I'm, normal. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, becoming you're becoming a normie. Shuri, what did you read? What didn't I read is the real question. Um, I really went a very weird genre thing this week um anyway so i think two weeks ago i had mentioned i was like halfway through a crown of wishes um which i finished and it was awesome i gave it five stars i really really loved it and i think part of the reasons why i really really loved it was because it had so much like hindu influence and like south asian characters and all of that um but yeah so that was a really fun book i really loved it and it was just cute the romance was adorable like it made me happy um and it was enemies to lovers kind of so you know for those people that's a thing that you might enjoy 
I actually, Grace, I actually think you would like it because they go on like a lot of magical adventures. Hmm. Um, then I finally read The Will in the Wilds by Charlie Hol- Holmberg. That one was okay. Like that one, again, so I was like on this, basically this, you're going to notice the trend of this week was I was in like a lot of fantasy sci-fi with a couple breaks in between. Um, but so this one has like a whole mythology about monsters and like how they have like a separate realm and how they like sneak into like the human realm and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just didn't connect with the characters at all. So this book was okay. Like it was very interesting. Like the whole idea was very interesting, but I just didn't connect with it. And then, um, so my friend who's an English teacher, um, one of the books, um, that her students were possibly going to do as like a book discussion was Red Queen by Victoria, whatever her last name is. I don't Ave know. Ave. Yep. Yeah, that Ave girl. Yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was like, oh my God, this book is ridiculous. You need to read it. And I was like, okay, fine. So I didn't actually read it. I actually decided to listen to it on an audiobook um, rather than reading it on an ebook. Um, although I went back and forth and there were actually a parts of it where I was like actually kind of invested. So those parts I was actually able to read. So I did find that when I'm not as invested, I think audiobook works better um, because I was able to listen to it on like two times speed and like do other things. I guess my thoughts, my overall thoughts on this book, um, it's not good. Like, no, it's not no. a good book. It's like, not. It's, like, it's very cliche. Like, the plot is super predictable. I will, I mean, obviously, I was spoiled. Like, I knew it was going to happen just because I knew, like, what was happening in previous, like, in later books. So, like, I had an idea of, like, you know, someone would betray them and, like, this is the real love interest and all that stuff. So, kind of had that idea in the back of my mind while I was reading it. Whereas my friend didn't. So, and she was like, she was giving me commentary and I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I know. Like, so when reading it, it's like very obvious, the twists. And I am not one to usually to dislike the, you know, the heroine and YA novels. Like I actually generally like them, whereas I know a lot of people like hate them. Um, I could not stand Mare. Mare was just so boring. She was just so like, this what girl, was the point of her? Yeah. This girl is the worst. Like not to, I already talked about how much I hate this book earlier, but like, <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate her. I hate everyone. I don't hate her, I think. I was just so indifferent to her. Like, I just didn't care. I would say the only character I cared about was Cal. Um, Mm -hmm. He was actually super interesting. And when I got, and I mean, I think some people were like, they were more interested in the uh, politics versus some people were more interested in the romance. I would have to say the romance, the politics stuff felt very bland to me. And because I feel like the Cruel Prince did it better. So Um, bland. Especially like, especially since I feel like Cruel Prince is like the last thing that feels very similar to this. Like that to me, was done way better. So this politics stuff felt very obvious. Like, again, I knew the spoiler, but even knowing the spoiler, it felt super predictable. Like, I feel like I could have pretended it anyway. Um, The romance stuff was actually interesting. I'll give this to them. The love triangle was actually semi-interesting for once, which is weird because I don't like the love triangle at all. Um, But I did find it interesting, probably because I knew the spoiler. Um, But, and also probably because I liked Cal. Um, Yeah, but like, it wasn't, that love triangle and the ending. I actually started listening to the next book, reading the next book, um, whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. Um, Glass Sword. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know that. It's okay. <laughs> but like I got, I, I couldn't deal with it. And I was just like so bored out of my mind. It's like, I don't care enough about Mare. And the only thing I cared about was Mayor Cal's relationship and like a little bit of Cal. And I was like, that's not happening enough for me to like listen, put myself through like 10 hours of this book. Plus, you know, two more. So I was like, I gave up. So Red Queen is bad. Don't read it unless you like 
want something in the background or if you want to hate read it with like your friends while drinking wine I guess like that might be a good time to read it I don't even think it's like I mean it might may, maybe depending but I don't even think it would be a good hate read because it's just so slow like, it is very you, slow yeah. you have to like skip ahead to like the stupid good parts, parts. <laughs> yeah right. I do think yeah I was saying that like I was not invested at all until like honestly the parts I was interested in were the parts that Cal was in like everything else I was like I don't care about any of this so and again, I'm not usually one to be like that, to be like, the one character I cared about is like this hot hero. Usually I'm like, I like all the characters or I hate all the characters. And you I was are like, no, like the one. that. Thank you, Grace. I take that <laughs> as a compliment. But yeah, he was like the only character I had any like resembling amount of interest in. And even him could, even his character could not make me read the rest of those books. So um, three stars. I was being nice, I guess. Because it wasn't like unbearable, I guess. I did finish the book. So the worst thing about it is that it's like boring and predictable. There's nothing like overtly like right angry or like anything that makes me angry about it. It's just like annoying, boring. you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so get to the taste out of that out of my mouth. I read cheesy on the eyes by Tegan Hunter. I've talked to before about Tegan Hunter and how much like her and Aaron Nichols are like, kind of like, Oh, they released a new book. I'm going to read it. Cause it's like just super makes me very happy. Um, and Cheesy on the Eyes made me happy, too, because one, it, the title is, like, beautiful, um, because it's the whole um, series about, like, the pizza shop and, like, people who work in the pizza shop and, like, stuff like that. So, one makes me happy. Um, and the heroine, the, sorry, the hero is, like, one of the super unique characters. Like, he's the quiet, like, he's kind of like a, he, like, senses auras almost. Like, he has gut feelings about people, and like, I love those kind of characters. So, um, he's, like, the quiet, soulful one. I'm always a sucker for that. And there's a gang, and I'm always about, like, a squad. So that was a fun one. Um, and then I read A Song of Rights and Ruin by Roseanne Brown, which I had mentioned last week. Um, I think it was a very, very good book. I do think some of, it's very slow at parts, especially in the beginning. Um, but if you the world building is super fascinating, and the characters are, like, awesome. And I think when you get invested in these characters separately – once they actually meet, which is like, it doesn't happen until like 50% of the book, you like, it feels so much more like important and feels a lot, you, you're more invested into it. Um, so yeah, I really like it. Um, one of our other friends just finished it and I had one really big issue with it and she did not have that big issue with it because she didn't care as much. Um, but there's a trope I super hate um, that this book does do, which ruined the enjoyment for me. Um, however, I'm going to, uh, keeping my bias out of it, I do think it is a good book, and I do think on average people will enjoy it if you like yourself a good fi- uh, fantasy novel, um, and it is own voice, and it's all about African, West African cu- culture and fol- folklore, so I do think it is a really fascinating read, and I highly recommend it to people, um, but if you're like me and you don't like certain tropes, you're probably going to hate it just because the trope is, like, so... Like, you see it coming. I feel like it's very predictable that it's going to happen, and I'm really mad about it still. I'm really curious what this trope is. I have in my mind what it is, but I might be wrong. I don't, yeah, I can't figure it out. I mean, this is definitely on my list. It's just, I'm not, I haven't been in the mood for fantasy in a while, so mm-hmm. I'm saving it for when I'm yeah, in the mood for Yeah, it's very, it. very fantasy, so you have mm-hmm. to definitely be in that mood for that. Um, but yeah, no, I, if I told you guys what the trope is, obviously I would spoil the book, and I don't want to do that. Um, Because I know both of you are planning on reading it. But I feel like if you read the book and you saw what happened, you're like, oh, I know exactly what annoyed her. So you'll, it's, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, And then I read, okay, then we get to talk about my questionable decisions here. 
Um, so Karen Cole is a pretty promised, uh, famous romance novelist, and she's written the Ashes and Ember series, which is like a rock star romance series. And for whatever reason, don't ask me why, I was like, why not read this book? So the last book in the series, the one I really wanted to read was Asher, and I was, I was in the mood for like an amnesia storyline, right? An amnesia romance. And so, but before reading that, I was like, okay, let me read the book before it, which is a uh, marriage of convenience. And I'm, you know, I'm always sucking for that. And they um, get married because they're both in an experiment where they have to like get, basically it's married at first sight. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's exactly like, that's what the inspiration was, um, where they, they first time they meet is at the wedding and then they have to be together for six months and like journal and like meet with people and kind of, and then after the six months, they decide whether to stay married. It was just so, I like didn't care about the care. I, I can't say I didn't care about the characters. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I gave it two stars actually, which is super rare for me. Cause even like the like worst romance novels, I'm usually like giving it at three. Cause there's like something I got it. I just didn't like it. I don't know. There was just too much melodrama and it was kind of ridiculous. And so this is the part where we get to talk. This is something fun that I'm sure you two will enjoy. There is a um, hinted at couple in this book. Um, so Talon is the hero and his brother is Asher, who's the hero of the next book. Asher and Ember, because Asher's and Ember is the name of the band, right? So Asher yeah. and Ember um, are married and spoiler alert, Ember has been in a coma for eight years. And the, that story is about her waking up and like having amnesia and like relearning to fall in love again. Basically what happened was when they were 15, right? They were very young. They got pregnant and they had a baby, okay? So, and then the, that baby girl has now grown up and is now like 20 years old, okay? Asher has a best friend right? Who's also 35, who's like about 35-ish now, right? Because the girl, yeah. Him and the daughter get married. The best friend and the daughter. So the best he friend marries... So the Ew. daughter marries... Give me the ages again. 20 and 35. But he helps her, he helps raise her basically since she was a child because he's her best, because they were, he was best friends with her dad. Yeah, that's pretty gross, I have to say. That I will have to say, the luckily it was like a side thing in the whole thing but every time they like appear on screen I was like this is so weird because he kept going to them for like advice right because it's his best friend and he's supposed to like bounce off you know it's a romance novel then he needs advice but also he's talking to his daughter and he's like this is my daughter and he's she's married to my best friend and they're having they have a baby who's also my grandchild so is this a side plot of the book there's actually right? a whole other book for it, but it's like a side okay, plot okay. that's mentioned in his, yeah. I was about to say, first of all, this is like a very like risky thing to do for just a side plot. And second oh, of no, all, no, no. there's too a, a whole book convoluted together. and confusing oh, no. for just a side plot. No, so no, no now they have a whole makes, book, which I think is still bad, porn. but it makes right. sense. Because who would sit there and be like, I need a side romance for this book? Oh, I know. There, did I, yeah, so the entire time I'm like, this is weird, right? But I keep reading the amnesia story, the Asher story, because I was like, I am in the mood for an amnesia romance, fine. And in fact, overall, I thought that romance was really cute, and I did enjoy it, and I gave it a three stars overall. However, this is something I need to bring up. So there's this dude called Redwood in this book, um, and he's basically the one who, like, gives the, gives Ember CPR after her accident, and, like, that's the reason she's alive and in a coma in the first place. So Asher, like, agrees to basically be his priest and, like, he's going to confess all his sins and he doesn't say anything about it. And it's implied that he's basically a psych psychopath. Um, like, a murdering, Who? dangerous psychopath. Red Redwood? Redwood? Yeah. Basically, he's, like, a serial killer person. 
and it's implied, right? Because Asher's always like, I hate this guy. I wish I could tell everyone everything. Like, and then later on when he, Redwood tries to get in touch with Ember because they're like, you're the only person who understands me um, because we, because he also tried to, because he tried to kill himself, but he survived. Um, Redwood. Redwood. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry this is so convoluted, but I just cannot get over it because, th- okay. Anyway, the point is the entire time of reading this book, I'm like, oh my God, Redwood's going to do something creepy. And like, that's going to be like the melodrama of this book. And like, you know, something bad's going to happen and Amber's going to be in trouble, whatever, whatever. No, none of that happens. And instead, after the book is over, there's a little blurb at the end. Oh, yes. Redwood's getting his own romance book coming soon. So the is, Asher, is Asher a Catholic priest? No, no, no. He's like a rock then, star. No, he, then why? he agrees because Redwood saved his wife. He agrees to like, and he basically says, I will do anything you want, Redwood. And Redwood's like, oh, I want you to sit there and listen to me. Basically, listen to me. So he just tells him all of his secrets and Asher just has to sit there and listen to him. And but then he later on when he, he doesn't have to sit there and listen to him. He, well, he does because he promised. Because he promised because he But he's not wife. like contractually bound by God or anything crazy. Like if he was a Catholic priest in this plot, it would make sense. But he's not. Therefore he should go to But the problem is somebody have anything to do with the plot. It's not even relevant to the plot. It's just like a side plot that's just there to introduce Redwood. I lost track of what this book is about like 10 minutes ago. Correct. That is the point. Basically, sometimes romance novels are just as ridiculous as people think they are. And this is who, one of the who wrote this? Um, Carrie Ann Cole. Don't read anything else of her. Yeah, no, I like gave up after that one. I was like, yeah, I'm done with this one. So instead, the next book I read was called Strange Love by Anne Aguirre. And it's an alien romance, guys. Um, this one, man, okay, so you thought that was weird? This was good, that was bad weird, this is good weird. Um, it was very weird, like, don't get me wrong, it was extremely weird, because the, the hero was an alien, um, basically for a quick summary of the plot, the hero is an alien who, like, has been having problems, like, getting chosen, and they're, like, choosing, choosing, so he's, like, no mate, and he, like, this is his last chance to find a mate, or else he has to go become, like, a drone who, works like a servant and like can't be married and his like private parts are like sealed up or something. I don't know the details. Basically he needs to find a mate and this is his last chance. So he's going, he's planning on going to like a certain planet to pick up his like, basically he goes on like an alien Tinder and like finds a mate, like finds someone from a different planet. But there's like, obviously there's a solar flare problem and he lands on earth and he picks up Beryl, Beryl, I believe her name is. Um, And Beryl is awesome. I love Beryl. She's basically like this big ball of sunshine. And she has a dog named Snaps. Um, and basically, um, Zyler is the alien. He, like, thinks that they're in a war and they're in trouble, so he kidnaps them, right? He adu- abducts them without realizing that they're fine. Um, and long story short, they can't get back to Earth, so uh, Beryl and Zyler have to do- go through the choosing together. And the choosing is basically a combination of, like, The Bachelor and The Hunger Games. It's a wonderful time. Also, Snaps ends up being a talking dog because, like, he gets a translatorship uh, chip put into him. So Snaps is, like, his own character and has his, like, own development and growth. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, and then there's also I'm sold. A, I'm sold no, there's also the a, I'm not even done. There's even gets even better. Like, Bethel throws in, like, a random line at one point about how she has girlfriends and boyfriends. So she's a bisexual heroine. Um, not to mention that there is, like, her best friend that she makes a friend with um, is a is continually referred to as they and them. So it is a non-binary character. Um, and it's basically like super weird because they also have alien sex. 
and like he does not have humanoid parts he doesn't have a penis but he still is able to come and they have like they have their sex scenes but they're like not like obviously human sex scenes but there's still like a weird level of intimacy to them it's just a weird time but i liked it guys this was a weird book but i enjoyed myself so happy for you i I love those aliens i i think yeah i had a good time and I think the overall, the reason why I had such a good time was Zyler were such a cinnamon this roll. Like he, he's like dog. so. Huh? Sorry, continue. I said no, not because of, of the talking dog. It's because Zyler was like a, such a cinnamon roll. Like he was super sweet and kind and like he just wanted, he was just felt so bad that he had like basically kidnapped Bethel from her entire life. But Bethel was also so awesome because she was like a sunshine and she was like, oh, you mean I'm like lost and I can't go back to earth ever again? you know what, I don't really care because I was like mountains and death and I had like debt and I had to like pay off this apartment and whatever, whatever. You know what, let's go on this new adventure together. And it was just so much fun. And like their, like their love was so cute and like adorable and oh, it was very cute. I had a great time. That was a good book. Um, so after all of that nonsense, I got a good book. Um, and then another good book I read was Beard Science by Winston Brothers. I'll keep this one short. Basically, Cletus is weird and Jen is like a pushover and they make a deal to like help each other out and they fall in love and it's cute. Yeah. I apologize for that being so long, but I have nothing to say later. So this is me just talking. <laughs> That's so. getting it all out now. Yeah. As you notice, one of those books I did not read was Songbirds and Snakes. So oops. Oh well. It all right, really Sarah, your like turn. That. Um I did not read as many books as you, but I, I only read. read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You have to count. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, and I also am like halfway through taking his shop by Kendall Ryan, but like that's like a sweet, it's like a, just a normal hockey romance, whatever book. So whatever. Anyway, anyway. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is a kind of a memoir slash self-help kind of book. Um if you don't know, Glennon Doyle was like, a, she's like a motivational speaker, I guess. And it's about how she uh, was married to a man and then he cheated on her and she eventually ended up falling in love with a woman. But it's not necessarily about that. She has another book kind of like that goes into detail about that, I guess. I don't know. I haven't read the other book, but she mentioned this one. This one is kind of about, kind of about how she went through that whole life process with, while facing the judgment that others gave her. Because as you can imagine, like she got a lot of judgment from a lot of other people and just how she like makes decisions in her life that uh, benefit her personally the best and that make her happy rather than like being a people pleaser and trying to please others. Um, and it, I really liked it. I personally really resonated with a lot of the stories and what she was saying. Um, she wasn't really saying anything new necessarily. Like even I, I don't read self-help or memoirs a lot, but even I had like heard a lot of these ideas before, but I really liked the story she told and like her voice in the book and everything. So, I mean, I can definitely see, like, I think the majority of people who are reading this like it, but I've definitely seen people who didn't. I can see why it's not going to be for everyone. It's definitely like a little preachy at parts sometimes, but, um, I really liked it. And like I said, I don't read a lot of memoirs or self-help. So it was a, it was a nice branched out for me. And also the cover is beautiful. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely look it up because it's one of my favorite book covers of the year. Um, so yeah, I think I gave that one four stars. And then I also listened to the audiobook of Little and Lion by Brandy Colbert. And I absolutely love this one. It's a young adult novel about two siblings who 
have kind of, who are really close, they're step-siblings actually, and they were really close growing up after their parents got together and got married. And then um, they kind of drifted apart because uh, Lion, the brother, uh, he is dealing with bipolar disorder. And it's kind of about how the two of them have learned to work with each other and how they're growing over time because they're teenagers. So they're always growing and evolving. And the, um, and the, uh, the main character is also coming out as bisexual and she's black as well. So it's kind of, uh, just them it's it really felt like a nice like classic young adult novel I guess Uh, it was a really it was it was definitely fun but it also touched on a lot of serious issues and I just feel like it for me it just hit on them all really well and just the story was told really well and I gave that one five stars I really liked it and the audiobook is also really good the narrator is Alicia Wainwright I think her name is she's an actress and she did a great job narrating it so I definitely recommend that if you are looking for an audiobook to listen to. And um, yeah, and I finished that yesterday. And then I started The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo, which is also a young adult novel, but it's told in verse. And um, I'm not really sure. I didn't really read what it was about too much. I just saw that it was in verse and I was like, I'm sold because I really like poetry, but I haven't read a lot of it lately. So I'm only like 10 pages in, but it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm excited to, uh, to read more of that. See, I was, I looked at that the other day, and I was like, oh, this could be interesting, but I didn't realize it was told in verse, and now I yeah. don't know if I will read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have, I don't know, it's definitely an adjustment, like the first couple pages, I was still trying to get used to the way it was told, but once you get used to it, it's good, and yeah, you do have to, like, poetry and, like, things being told in verse. I don't I thought- like it that much so well, maybe I this won't. might not be the book it for might you. Not. <laughs> um but yeah before we get into our next section uh we should announce our group read for june which yes, we, we voted on yes which you guys voted on and it is something to talk about by meryl wilsner and i'm very excited that this one won because i read this last month when i got an advanced copy of it and it's so good i'm so excited to hear all of your thoughts on it and grace and Trudy's thoughts Yes, I'm yes. excited to read it. I have it sitting next to me. I got it from the library the other day, so oh, I'm yeah. so excited. June 29th will be our discussion for that. So uh, if you read it, definitely tweet us or send us your thoughts over email or Instagram or something, because we want to hear what you guys think, too. And if you yeah. send us a review, we'll read it on the episode as well. And as always, um, make your email subject it's super interesting, so it can be the title of our episode. That's true. We have been using your email subjects. <laughs> we have, and we'll plug all that at the end of the episode, as we normally do. Yes. Perfect. Now begins our discussion of The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. I am going to, I guess first we'll be like, Sarah, okay, so for clarification, I am the only one who has read the whole book. Sarah has read half of it, and Shruti has read none of it. So Is anyone during- surprised by this? No. I know, but I'm just giving our audience a heads up. So during this time, <laughs> I guess we will be like, here are our general thoughts. And then yeah. later we'll be like, here are our spoiler thoughts. We're just kind of like, we're just kind of winging it. And if I say yeah. anything, you probably shouldn't listen to me because I don't know what I'm talking about. 
like please don't expect an intellectual <laughs> this discussion. was not yeah this is no. not gonna be like I took high notes, class at least. literary oh no. well there we go maybe only listen to grace <laughs> i knew i would forget and like i genuinely it feels like i read this book three years ago <laughs> but it's okay um so i would like to say that I enjoyed it. I think I might be in the minority because I think I've seen a lot of people say they didn't like it. And the way I feel is, was it great? No. But it was a Hunger Games book in 2020. And for years, I have said, Suzanne Collins, please, for the love of God, I would read your grocery lists. So who would I be to take this book and say, actually, this wasn't what I meant? I couldn't say that. That would be terrible. So I mean, you I could. It. I could, but who would I be, Shirty? Not, not <laughs> genuine not to myself and not Fair genuine enough. to the words I've said before. So I liked it. It, had, it. it was interesting. It gave you a good glimpse of what was going on in the Capitol before, because it takes place during the 10th Hunger Games, which is a very different Hunger Games than the ones that we're used to. So that was really interesting. It was interesting to see, like, what the capital was like before it became the capital that we know. It's interesting to see how Snow became the monster that he becomes. And I never sympathized with him, which was really what I was scared of. I was scared it's going to be like, oh, but actually he has this tragic past and he's not too bad. And there was none of that. And I think that's why I was okay with the whole book in general. Because I was like, as long as we don't have this, I'll be fine. And we didn't. And I am fine. And yeah, those are my thoughts. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, like Grace said, I only got halfway through, but it's not because I wasn't enjoying it. So it's like, it's not bad. Like I was definitely, like I said, I was enjoying it as I was listening to it. Um, but I stopped for two reasons. One, I was listening to the audiobook on Hoopla and yesterday Hoopla was having all these like technical difficulties and it kept kicking me off. And I was like, okay, this is a sign because the other reason I stopped is just because it's a little more gory than I was anticipating. And like, I'm, it's honestly not gory at all, really. I'm just like, I mean, it is a little bit, but I'm just very like, sensitive to that kind of thing like I have to like prepare myself if I like read a gory book or something I just like wasn't expecting it um so I put it aside for now I might go back to it I think I mean definitely at some point in the future I'm gonna go back to it um as Grace said too it was definitely interesting to get a look at like um the capital before the Hunger Games and how different the Hunger Games were back in the day and how a lot of the traditions that Katniss goes through while she's there got started um because it just shows them in a completely different light and like um, how certain things began. But um, I mean, overall, I was kind of like, when I think about it, my experience listening to it, it was good. And also I have to note the narrator is Santino Fontana on the audiobook. who, if you don't know, he was in the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that I used to love. And he also voiced Hans in Frozen and he's been on like Broadway and stuff, but his voice is amazing, and uh, he's a great audiobook narrator, and I hope he does more books. So that definitely he, made the experience better, too. He narrated um, The Institute by Stephen King. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll have to listen to that then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I mean, overall, like, I don't think it's, like, an amazing book or anything, because I just kept finding myself asking, like, okay, what's the point of this? Because it is cool to see how everything began and how things got started. 
but it's also like, do we really need to know? And maybe I'm just saying this because I haven't seen, I haven't read the end, so I haven't like seen, maybe there's like an overall point that ties it together or something. Um, but for me, it was kind of just like, okay, why? You know what I mean? But like I said, yeah. I only read half of it. Maybe like, don't fucking listen to me. <laughs> but, um, and when I, maybe my thoughts will change when I read the end and I'll keep you all updated whenever that happens. Whenever I'm in the mood for it again. So from what you guys have said, so I obviously have not read any of it, um, which I kind of alluded to like weeks ago when I was like, I don't really want to read this book. Um, but I will say the one thing that is fascinating from what you guys have said is how the Hunger Games has changed. I do mm-hmm. think that's something I would probably find interesting and maybe I might read it one day for that part. Um, so I'm curious if you, when, if you guys are going to go into more detail of how exactly it's different. So that way I don't have to read it. You can just I tell think me. we... We can. Should yeah. we do that now, or should we? Yeah, we can go. I no, those were my general thoughts. But yeah, we can go a little. We won't go too into detail, so we don't. Right. I don't know how spoilery we want to get here, but um, we'll we'll be vague. Yeah, we'll be vague. So, we'll be vague. <laughs> so when you know, thinking back to the Hunger Games, Katniss arrives in like luxury that she's not used to from District Twelve. Like the trains are really nice. Like they get put in this, these really nice apartments with all this technology and stuff. Yeah, and the other thing that Katniss gets to experience at the Hunger Games, when well, I mean, gets to experience is a strong yeah. word, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> she experiences is uh, they people in the capital can send like gifts, and I guess the districts can send gifts to the tributes and everything, and that is something that gets started in this book as well. So just things like uh, and uh, yeah, because in this book, when the tributes show up, they're not treated well at all. Like, they're kind of treated like scum from the districts, and they definitely do not house them in a luxury apartment complex like in The Hunger Games. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. Well, also, like, this is also, uh, you know what, if you don't want to know anything about this book, you need to stop listening. Yeah. You need to stop. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything crazy away. But we knew nothing about this book going into it, pretty mm-hmm. much. So you should have stopped by now if you didn't want to know. But anyway, so the games and the games that we know are like high tech, like they're in these all crazy places, like the woods or the ocean and all the stuff. The games up until the tenth Hunger Games are they literally just throw the kids in a coliseum and they're like, okay, kill each other. Yeah, and uh, there's really nowhere for them to hide except for, like, I think there's, like, a bombing at one point, and they created tunnels underneath, and that's the only reason they could, like, escape and get go into the tunnels and stuff um, in these games. And, yeah, it's definitely, like, way, like, the the Hunger Games from the original series is definitely barbaric, but this is, like, a whole other level. And I think that's something I wasn't anticipating going into, because, like you said, we didn't know anything about it. so yeah, definitely be prepared for that if you haven't read it because it's more intense, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting because like the Hunger Games that the original series has like it's like it is barbaric, but they put all this glamour on top of it so that no one can really like sit and yeah. think about how barbaric it is. But right. with this Hunger Games, you are forced to confront that, which is mm-hmm. why they have this issue where no one in the districts will watch the Hunger Games. So, and so the, right. the whole concept of the book, or not the whole concept, but part of the book is about how are we going to get these people to actually watch the games? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's definitely, 
um I don't know when you put it like that it makes you think about like us reading the Hunger Games books and stuff like how it's very Mm -hmm. glamorized and that whereas this one it's just like bare bones and it's exactly what it is it's barbaric like kids being forced to kill each other like no wonder no one wants to watch that yeah Um, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is uh so they the other part of this book is they implement a mentor program this isn't a spoiler I'm pretty sure this is the synopsis but I think I knew this going it is in. yeah yeah um they implement like a mentor program where someone from the capital is paired up with or a student from the capital like so around the age of the tributes is paired up with each tribute and um snow or what what the fuck is his name Coriolanus Coriolanus that's what this is snow right book yes Yes. Coriolanus snow is paired up with the female tribute from district 12 and um grace you might have I might I'm definitely gonna need your input on this because in the first half of the book she just comes off as like like she doesn't seem real like no one would act like this like she's so nice to snow and she's like flirting with him and like I don't know it's just it just came off as very like I, I I didn't like it I was like I hope this I hope she turns around and tries to kill him in the end because like this is this is painful to read you know She's very strange, very mm-hmm. interesting. One of my notes early on in the book is written in capital letters, Lucy Gray is so weird, LOL. Yeah, and it just kind of <laughs> seemed like she was like, I, it's not even like kind of almost like the manic, not to bring up like manic pixie dream girl, but like kind of like that because she mm, was just yeah. so nice to I don't know like I said I've only read half of the book I could be things maybe change later on because like I said maybe she turns on him in the end but she's very like she's everything wait, he wait, does, wait. she's so Hold thankful on. to him yeah back up yes Snow was a tribute since when no no no, no. he was Snow a is mentor, the mentor to the tribute oh okay I was about to say like he was he never played the Hunger Games no, no, no. no he's the capital a, yeah, people he's, don't have to do that Okay, mm-hmm. that's why. Exactly. Okay. okay, so he was just the mentor to this girl Lucy, who is a tribute. Yes, yes, Got yes. She and starts, she's like, yeah, she's strange. Yeah, and like, like I said, but she, right now, what she's coming across as is just like there to prop Snow up, I guess. And I'm like, eh. you might change her mind by the end. Okay, okay, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see where her character goes. Because, like, I don't hate her or anything. I just wish, like, yeah. she had more of a backbone, you know, at least against Snow. Right. Like, she has a backbone against other people, but against Snow, like, he's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. One, of, one of my coworkers is in the middle of it right now. And she was, like, talking to me about it after I'd already finished it. So, you know, I'm, like, having to not say that much. But she was, like, I feel like. Lucy Gray is going to remind Snow, or Katniss is going to remind Snow of Lucy Gray, and that's why he's going to hate Katniss. And I was like, they're nothing alike. I was like, I don't yeah. know if that's, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see if she went in that direction, but it doesn't seem like it so far. Yeah, um, I don't think that's what she was trying to do. She's Because Katniss is very much, like, from the beginning, she's vehemently against, like, all the capital nonsense that's going on around her. Whereas Lucy Gray is just kind of like, wow, like, this is so cool. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, thank you, Snow, for bringing me, like, a piece of bread. You're so kind <laughs> and generous. <laughs> she's, she's a character. 
She yeah, is a character. She is a character. Okay, and all the times where she, they like have her sing, I'm like, this oh is Oh my god. I it's know. so cringy. She's oh my like God, why? So for Shruti, who has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. um, Lucy Gray is a part of this thing called the Co- Covey, which is a traveling group of singing people. See, when and you say travel- Covey, I think to all the boys I loved before. That's but right. But they it's this group of people they travel from district to district to sing and then they are trapped in district 12 i guess they were like stop so now they live in district 12 so when she's reaped for the hunger games she um goes up on stage and just um has like a pop song performance and it was so strange it was was so so strange and like and Snow is like, his only thought is like, oh my god, I can't believe she's singing about some other guy. Like, who the fuck oh my is god. she singing about? Yeah. Uh. And it was just, it was so cringy. I Yeah. It, it's, the whole book is kind of weird, though, so as you get into it, you're like, oh, well, more songs. Well, and I might have to say, I have to say, I think that Suzanne Collins should get a Grammy someday. She can write a song. <laughs> like, woman can write a song. I gotta be honest, the most recent one, I think it was the one that she was singing about the guy, I skipped ahead in the audiobook because I was like, I can't, I cannot <laughs> oh, listen to this. that would be hard. That would be hard. Yeah. I was like, I, I could look like Santino Fontana is a good singer, but he wasn't singing it. He was just like reading it. I was like, I, oh. I don't, I don't want to experience this. Yeah, that is um, strange. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that is cool about it, this kind of reminded me of it, is it just really shows, like you were saying before, no one in the districts or even the capital really wants to watch the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows how they turn it into an event where they, like, give you the tributes to root for and they, like, introduce them and, like, make people root for them in certain ways and make it really, like, glamorous and everything. Um, cause it kind of shows, it kind of does kind of show that like people are more willing to like be involved in something as long as you don't see the ugly parts about it. If it just seems like very glamorized, mm-hmm. um, then people are more likely to buy into it, which I think is a cool thing to think about. It's a good thing to think about. Yeah. As I know, but I just realized I never thought about the fact that when you're listening to an audiobook, the narrator has to sing when there are songs in it. Or okay. they have something to say to the song. So I don't even, like, think about that. Cause I mean, I've read books before where there's, like, a, where the, one of the characters is, like, singing a song, right? And you hear the song lyrics. It, I never thought yeah. about the fact that the narrator has to actually sing them. It depends. Yeah. Like, this one, they didn't sing them. So the Diviner's audiobook, again, complete sidetrack, is uh, there's this really creepy song in it, and in the, in the book, but the narrator actually sings it. And it's so creepy. And I listened to my audiobooks on at least double speed. So it was like a sped up version. It was so scary. And it's like a mm. it's like a song about a serial killer. It was it was really scary. Maybe I'm just a baby, mm. but it was horrifying. Anyway. So the sometimes Games, it's a good thing that they the don't Hunger sing the songs. They sing the songs. Oh really? Tatiana Mislani though, so you know. Oh, she doesn't know. I didn't know she narrated them. She, there's one version that's narrated by someone that's not good, and then there's the others are narrated by her, and she is good. Interesting. But they're not the same tune as the movies, because, you know, they came out before the movies. So mm-hmm. it's a little strange to listen to. Yeah. Them, you know? mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the, uh, yeah, Santino Fontana does not sing these songs. I wish he did, because he's a great singer. 
Yeah. Uh, why did why get him for this audiobook? I don't have know. Maybe she just like wrote the words, but she didn't think of how to like put the music. I have no idea. But yeah, exactly. He's like a Broadway singer. He was in Crazy Ex Girlfriend, yeah. which is a musical TV show. Like, whatever. But yeah, the songs um not not the best parts. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look at more notes that I have. Yeah, sure. Oh, you're, um, the thing you said about how it's really gory, it is really gory. Like, okay, it's not just me. It's I not never just know if you. it's just me. Okay, good. Yeah. It, it takes you by surprise quite often. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that they're doing. As we know, this is already, like, going to be a movie. Like, they've already decided to make it a movie. There's a lot they of have. stuff. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, There's a okay. lot of stuff I that I do don't that. know how they're going to do in the movie. Yeah, and it gets, even it gets worse. It, it so does. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm well, glad I... okay. It doesn't get gorier, but it does get darker. So yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do some of that. Yeah. I mean, even the, the original books weren't like not gory. Like there were a few scenes in the originals that were like a little bit gorier, but this one is like, it, it is unexpected, which is yeah. what I think gets you about it. Um, but I think she is trying to show, like, that the Hunger Games have always been, like, brutal. We ju- It was just covered up in the newer, or in the uh, original ones, which, like, I get. But it's also not, like, like I don't know. I wasn't expecting it for me personally. Yeah. Me neither. Um... Hang on. I have to say, we haven't talked yet about how this is a big spoiler. If you haven't read this book at all, stop listening right now. I mean it. Trudy, get out of here. I'm just kidding. Oh, not Trudy, sorry. Tigress <laughs> is Snow's cousin. Who's Ty? Oh. Oh, fr- I didn't even put that together. Wait, wait she's in Mocking- Wait, is she in Mockingjay? No, I knew she was his cousin, but like, wait, who's Tigress in Mockingjay? Tigress. Right? Yeah, she's in Mockingjay. She's the, um, she's a former, she used to be a, like, designer and now she's really she's really ugly like her face is like looks like a tiger yeah i didn't even realize that was her oh my Uh, god sarah this is what i've been most excited to talk to you about (laughs) yeah i'm so sorry now that i think about it though that's crazy yeah Yeah, wait i don't remember any of this i don't even remember the original hunger games this is why so in mocking jay in mocking jay katniss and gail and Peeta and like the squad or whatever mm-hmm. they go to the capital and they have to hide out in this woman named tigress's house they hide in her basement and she used to be like a big name in the capital and she was a designer and now she's like really ugly like she did all these face like classic mm-hmm. surgery to make herself look like a tiger and it went really wrong and we don't really know like how that happened to her we just know that it happened and then Katniss is like, I'm going to go kill Snow. And Tigress, like, smiles at her. She doesn't talk, but she smiles at her. So, like, she's like, yay, go kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, like, helping the rebels. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, now we know they're cousins. That's crazy. Um, oh. As I'm asking for a spoiler because I'm just – I don't know if I'm going to finish this book, but, like, I just want to know, does she – is she still on Snow's side at the end of this book? Good question. And, Yeah. We don't like. I thought so. We don't like, find we don't out know what happened. when she betrays him. No, and from page like on page one, they drop that on us, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So this book is going to be like about her being like, "Oh my god, Snow, you're not the person. You're not a good cousin." Or, I don't know something like that. And then it's not. It's not. 
So I wonder if, Hmm. I really wonder if they're going to, if she's going to write another one and it would be from (laughs) Tigress's point of view. And I I think I would read it again. I've already said (laughs) I would read her grocery list, so I have to read it, but I think I would like that more. Yeah. I think that would be more interesting. I don't know if I like want her to do that. Like, I don't know if I would read it, but it would definitely be more interesting than, uh, than snow. Um, another thing, snow is just like, a whiny little bitch throughout all this book like I <laughs> yeah. knew he would be but he's literally like the whiniest little bitch he is he and is and he, what is his name again I cannot remember Coriolanus Coriolanus I keep thinking Cornelius but it's not Coriolanus <laughs> That's what it should be although yeah. he was named after a Shakespeare character I that sounds familiar actually I don't know which one what it's from but I don't either yeah. I um, think it might be called Coriolanus. It's okay. Coriolanus. We're not Shakespeare experts on this podcast. Yeah. It's fine. See, I'm listening to the audio I've heard them say his name multiple times. I still can't remember because it it's so stupid. Anyway, he's a whiny little bitch and I hate him. And I don't think, like a lot of people were nervous for this book because you're supposed to feel sorry for him. They thought you were supposed to feel sorry for him, but I don't think you're supposed to feel sorry for no. him. I don't feel sorry for him. I think you're supposed to see that he's a whiny little bitch. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's mm-hmm. what she wanted us to see too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just I feel how like, like everyone is awful in the Capitol. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. We knew that, but now we're like, oh my God, they're really bad. See, I think this is why I would not be able to read this book is because one, the main, the character whose perspective it's from is annoying and like, we don't like him and all the other characters, we don't like them. So there's like no one really to root for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lucy Gray is someone to root for. Okay. She's weird, but you do root for her. Yeah. All right. We got one there's character. another character, um, Sejanus. Oh, yeah. He's someone to He's root for, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Sejanus is, he used to live in, I forget what district, but his parents, two. like, don't, two. His parents, like, what, donated a lot of money to the Capitol or something during the war. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he got to move to the capital. So he's very much like sympathizing with the tributes. And he is the only one to actually like react to how barbaric it all is, pretty much. Like Snow kind of reacts like in his head. He doesn't really do anything because he's more like, oh, I have to get into the academy. That's more important than, you know, people's lives or whatever. But um, he actually like reacts against the capital a little bit. So that was definitely an interesting part. I know, I was going to ask, like, how old is um, Snow in this book? He's, like, 17, 18. Yeah, something like that. He's trying to get into, like, their equivalent of college or the academy or whatever. Interesting. But, like, Sejanus is, like, he's definitely the most likable character. But he's also, like, he thinks Snow is his best friend. And he's, Mm, like, relies on him for so much, even though Snow is clearly, like, a terrible person. And so he's, Mm -hmm. he's dumb. He's a dumb guy. Yeah, no, I like, like the it. dumb boys. I know. <laughs> what else you got, Grace? This is all you. I know, I know. Yeah, so much pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I did write can... my note word for word from Reaping Day is not a pop song performance on Reaping Day. LMAO. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, she, that's the other thing. She just like okay, she gets reaped, and doesn't she like put a snake in someone's shirt or something? Yes, the mayor's daughter, no less. <laughs> Oh, she puts a, a snake in the mayor's daughter's shirt. Mm-hmm. And then she sings a song on stage. 
in like a so rainbow dress. Yup. Yup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wrote, um, this is just, some of my notes are funny. So that's what we're doing now. Yes. Please. They are parading a body question mark down the street. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Cause that's what the they fact do. That that's the point. first of many times that happens in yeah. the first half of the book that I've read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, like that the we quality, said, it's gory. Yeah, it is. It's gory and then it's dark. And the yeah, the original Hunger Games were that too, but this is like amplified. It's this very, is like, yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. I said that the writing quality didn't feel the same. And I wonder if maybe that's because this is in third person rather than in mm-hmm. first. Did you feel that way too? Yeah, there was definitely something off about it and I think I agree with you she might be like like I said in a previously about Rick Riordan she might I might like her writing in first person better yeah but then again like it would be too awful to have him yeah yeah Yeah, I understand why she why she did yeah um yeah there are parts of it that are slow when Mm -hmm. you get to the game it starts to get exciting it's still not like, like I read, I think I've said this before, but I stayed up all night to read the first time of games. This book is not going to give you that feeling, hmm. but it'll yeah. give you the closest thing to that feeling again. So <laughs> you could still read it. Yeah. But it's also kind of like Shruti said, like, I, this isn't something that I would like put down everything to read because there's no one to root for. Like, yeah. you, like you were saying, Shruti, because it's just, yeah. It's, it's, like, interesting, but it's not something that I'm, like, oh, my God, I need to see what happens next, you know? And we yeah. know, since it's a prequel, we kind of know, like... We already know what happens next, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prequel. Like, there's really not stakes. Um, I said, there's so much music that when they turn this into a movie, I feel like it'll get classified as a musical. <laughs> and Could honestly, you imagine? That would be... Do we have, like, gory musicals? I guess we need Todd. Yeah, I like Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd. We need more gory musicals. What's the one? The barber shop. I feel like that's plan. like the. I feel like Is that's that the perfect Todd? genre. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I know. I really I do think feel Anna that the Apocalypse is a musical and it's a horror movie. You'd have to but ask I feel Tiff. Like Tiff, horror... when you listen to this, let us know. <laughs> but I feel like the perfect genre for Grace is like a horror musical. Oh my god, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like your maybe two that's favorite why I things. Liked this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the pop songs were secretly drawing you in. Maybe so. Honestly, um, I kind of want them to make this a musical now. It's going to have to, it's not, maybe not a musical, but it's going to be musical E. No, I yeah, want it to be a musical. A lot of songs. <laughs> there are. Like an absurd number of songs. I mean, I yeah. guess that makes sense because it's called a ballad of songbirds, but you know. I mean, we should have known, yeah. But yeah, we I mean, we didn't there's, know. And there's that one part where she like teaches everyone what a ballad is. She's like, in my home, we call this a ballad because it tells a story. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa. Does she does she have a um, southern accent in the audiobook? I don't think so. Not it might be like a subtle one, but it's not anything I noticed. See, I read her with a southern accent. Well, District 12's in Appalachia. Yeah, but she's not from District 12, technically. Oh, true, true. Just the way she yeah. talks, it just felt mm-hmm. like okay. she was like, I could bah. see it. So that I was know. my impression. Yes. <laughs> Side note, um, what do we think about this trend of a blank of blank and blank? <laughs> 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 
it's not great it's not great it's, yeah it's not my favorite I'm not like I'm not gonna not read a book because it's called that but um it's uh it's not my favorite you know we could we can be a little more creative yeah I do feel like we're getting a lot of the same and so it'd be nice to get some creativity but yeah I wouldn't like I'm automatically not read it yeah and this has been a trend in YA fantasy for the last couple of years it's not anything yeah. new so yeah I think the I think there are three different titles and it's the blink of blink and blink and then there's like the blank blank and then there's the blank blank is too no like that's not a trend that's just a, like a <laughs> the normal Hunger title. Games the cruel prince the wicked king yeah that's it's a just... normal title though like an adjective and a noun like that's normal okay you're right the I adjective and noun so then there are two <laughs> there are two there's the one I just said and then there's also like the guide to blah 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 mm. I don't see that many of the guides, but yeah, I guess that's the thing. Yeah. There, yeah, there's not, there's not like an obscene number of those, but you notice. Also, I noticed one. This is completely irrelevant. So there's the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, the seven mm-hmm. and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and then there's like the seven or eight deaths of Stella Fortuna or something like that. And I'm like, interesting. I, I see all three of you. <laughs> Wait, the blank, blank. The blank blank, uh, blank, of blank, 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 blank. Yeah, the hundred <laughs> so lies. Of point, we're just wait, I thought of another one. The hundred uh-huh. lies of Lizzie Lovett that fits into that. Yeah, the I you do know, think like a number, here. the number of lives or deaths of a person. Wait, yeah, that's the a trend. Holly, the Holly Chase book has the same After thing going on of Holly Chase. Yeah, that's yeah, sort of, like Holly sort Chase. Of. Yeah, a little so bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, sidetracked about the titles. <laughs> yeah. So overall, right. a good book. Um, third, I'm interested to see what you think about the third part because some people thought that it was very different and could have been its own book. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will keep you updated on my thoughts. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we'll be back with a new episode next week and you can follow us on Instagram at Pod. And you can also follow our Twitter at The Book Hose. Please continue to listen to us and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and share the podcast with all your friends. Yay! Yay! And don't forget <laughs> about our group read on June 29th, Something to Talk About by Meryl Wilsner. Thank yes. you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye! 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 Okay, it says, it's the first thing I saw, or the last thing I saw, so I have to tell someone. It says, if you are white, you do not have a spirit animal. And since Patronuses are canceled too, I will just say what everyone else is scared to say. It's time for y'all to make personas. My persona is an old basset hound. What's a persona? Oh, Shruti. God, I wish I Sweet summer child. (laughs) It's a, um, Wait, do I need to like see this tweet? Maybe if I see it written, written out, I'll, I'll know what I'm talking about. it for you, but here's a good example of persona. Aslan is Jesus's persona. <laughs>
Stop. It's, a, it's an animal <laughs> version of you. Essentially. Right. <laughs> well, isn't that what all this like spirit animal nonsense is supposed to be in the first place? Yeah, but oh. persona is like more. Oh fringe. no, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Now yeah, I understand. You, now you see. <laughs> now I understand. Oh God. I don't have a fursona. I wouldn't be furry. I would be slimy. I'd be a frog. That's that's, that's valid. Okay. I count. I like that answer. There you go. Be slimy. Oh God, I don't even. <laughs> I feel like hmm. choose one for me. I have never thought of genuinely never in my life have I thought about this. I feel like I can see you being like a wise mouse. <laughs> like, sure. I was going to say more of like a, a like, mouse. I was going to say some mouse. sort of like lioness or I don't know. I was thinking more cat side. No, that would make sense. But cat not like or a mouse. scary, like a good cat. N- not that cats aren't good, but you know, like a cute cat. A cute. Okay, yeah. we'll go somewhere in the middle and have like between lion and mouse and have a house cat. <laughs> there you yeah. go. But <laughs> a grumpy one. Yes. A friendly well, all one. girl cats are grumpy, so there's that. Well, then, Sarah is a male cat. Okay. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a fun detour. I'm glad I was recording that. 